My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a very cool winter morning here in the capital, but I'm delighted to say that joining us on today's show to hopefully add some warmth and brightness to affairs is Lorna Dodge, the chair of Corby Town Bid in Northamptonshire. As well as that, Lorna is also the co-owner and digital marketing director at SC Agency, a design agency also based in Corby that provides a whole raft of different marketing, digital marketing and graphic design services for business and consumer clients. Um, Lorna, very warm welcome, of course, to yourself today. And by all means, thank Thank you for joining us on the show. Good morning, Scott. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing welcoming you onto the uh, the programme, uh, Lorna, of course. Um, now, just for those listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with yourself and those organisations that you work for, um, I think it'd be good just to contextualise and talk a little bit more about um, your work. So firstly, with Corby Town Bid, I understand you're very much um, involved with the regenerative work locally. Uh, but what is it exactly that uh, the, uh, the organisation does? So the Corby Town Bid um, was established um, initially kind of towards the end of 2019 um, when the the government earmarked uh, a certain amount of towns for the opportunity to apply for funding to improve town centres. Corby was one of those towns and in February 2020 they needed to form a board that would consist of um, key individuals in the area from education, the police, um, different community groups, and also business, um, as well as, well as at the MP and, and, and various internal um, government, uh, not government, um, council contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that was formed, our very first meeting was at um, Corby Town Council in their um, board meeting and we identified obviously as a part of that protocol for submitting the bid that had to be a board and had to be a chair and sub-chair and that was when I was um, voted in as a chair and I thought it was a fantastic opportunity to really get involved with a project that I don't normally get involved with so obviously as you mentioned I run a a creative agency Mm -hmm. so very very different to being the chair of a, a bid where we had the opportunity to obviously try and get um, lots of money to help the town. Um, within about four weeks, COVID hit, um, and obviously that changed the dynamics. So everything from there on in, we've been doing Zoom meetings to submit plans and proposals for um, a range of projects. And back in August last year, we was um, we was delighted to um, have confirmed that we secured 19.9 million for the town, and that covered four different projects. Um, so mm. it's uh, so so my role is obviously to lead in terms of the board, um, be part of that decision making process, and obviously work to with, with all the people that have the experience and the skills in terms of putting big projects together um, to actually kind of like oversee it, I suppose. Yeah, certainly makes sense from my perspective, and because it is sort of quite far removed from sort of your typical background, as you mentioned there. I mean, it's like a. Do you feel that you've sort of adapted to the challenge of throwing yourself into that sort of world quite well and that you've really kind of learned a lot from it and kind of developed a lot more as a leader for that experience? I think initially I was um, kind of concerned and worried whether I was perhaps the, the right person in that role because I didn't have the experience and hadn't worked with councils or governments to that capacity, only really for like designing graphics. Um, but 
in, in my spare time, kind of jumping around a little bit, the past 20 years, myself and my partner have built houses. So that kind of process in terms of, you know, identifying a project or identifying a plot of land to going through the protocol required, I felt I, I could add some kind of value and I could also add value from looking at the consumer side of things uh, in, in terms of how we communicate what we're doing. Um, you know, obviously from the experience that I have in terms of marketing. So initially, it was a bit overwhelming trying to get used to um, kind of how how the council worked. And then obviously kind of what we're, we're just over two years now of the project. I'm now quite comfortable and feel quite competent in, in being able to support and deliver what we needed to, to deliver mm. but I think it was a very good um, learning process for me because I was supported with some amazing people or still supported with some amazing people that all add um, different values uh, from their experience and obviously the, the different roles they have in their, their day-to-day life. Yeah, we are shaped by our experiences, aren't we, and the people we encounter, and it seems that you've really sort of grown into uh, that role. Um, just looking sort of at the um, maybe the business side of things um, a little bit more um, as well, uh, Lorna, um, I suppose that given your extensive background in marketing before 2006 when you did co-found the SCA agency, um, I suppose that was kind of more familiar territory for you, wasn't it, um, given your experience that you had in that field? Um, what was sort of the, the decision for you that kind of made you really think that going and starting your own business was going to be the way forward, do you think? Yeah, it was It was ultimately the amount of time I was going to have to spend traveling. Um, uh, so I, I worked for um, a fashion brand um, that probably most people would have heard of, Dr. Martin. Mm-hmm. And my role at that time involved, you know, going to trade shows overseas. We had an ad agency in San Francisco. So I had a really, really good role, which which I loved. However, my actual job was going to be relocated from Northamptonshire into London. Um, but for, from my perspective, um, as I mentioned, in, our, in my spare time, we build houses. So to be able to commute to London and do the houses and everything else, it it just was going to be a strain on my time. And I think I worked out every day, door to door, it was adding in another four hours. Um, so that was a point I made the decision to um, actually set up a company. Um, and obviously, I'd always been client side. So again, it was a kind of a bit of a, a bit of a jolt in terms of being on the agency side of things. Um, and my my colleague who I also worked with at Dr. Martins, Angela, um, we sat down and said, why don't we do it together? So I left the company initially and then Angela joined about 10 months later after I started to build the business up. So, so really it was just probably looking at my own personal life um, and adapting it to obviously still be able to do the things I wanted to do personally, but still stay within that career and probably have a bit of flexibility to some extent. Although once you set up a new business, it's not quite as flexible as you think because mm. you're probably spending a lot, lot more hours um, on trying to establish it than you would in a, in, a, in a working environment. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, when you're starting out? You've got to kind of put those extra hours in, haven't you? And I suppose when you're sort of balancing that with kind of familial responsibilities as well, it can be, it can be quite tricky, can't it? It is. And I'd always worked um, for big organisations. So I was used to the, the structure and, you know, things like that. I remember the first day of setting the business up, I, you know, turned my computer on and then thought, 
oh, how does the printer work? I don't know how it connects. I'll ring IT. And then it was, oh, well, no, I, I am now IT and I'm also accounts and I'm also, you know, the, the long list of things when you first set up business. Um, so it was, a, it was a big jolt in terms of what I was used to. Um, but obviously, you know, we're now kind of, what, 15, 16 years later and obviously, you know, we've grown and um, it was the worst, it was the right thing to do for us. Yeah, and obviously having done that successfully yourself and sort of growing the agency into one of the sort of leading agencies of its kind in the county of Northamptonshire, just for maybe some of those younger viewers that might be tuning into this that may be of the entrepreneurial mindset, um, what sort of single big piece of advice would you actually give to somebody like that to really get them on the road to success if they are considering starting out in business? I would go out and research and ask as many people as advice as you can and learn as much as you can from others. Um, I also, I think one of the things, you know, I touched on it in the early days in terms of, you know, I was IT and I was out accounts and everything else. Um, probably one of the, our mistakes we, we made was probably not outsourcing enough, quickly enough. And I think it's it's learning to identify the value of your time on what, on what you do best ultimately. So, you know, like us, you know, I do marketing best, but, you know, I'm now actually trying to set up a computer. I'm now trying to do some accounts. I'm now trying to do something else. And all of that is actually stopping me growing the business and doing, you know, the, the things that I should be doing. So I would see, obviously, subject to, to, to budget, outsource what you can to the people that know what they're doing, um, because I think it will give you more time to, to grow. Um, I'm a huge advocate of starting up in businesses um you know over the years i've spoken at uh, universities and colleges and um i've you know i've set up startup groups um to support businesses that are, that are looking at um setting up um so i'm really really passionate about it so we do give quite a bit of free time to try and help um people think about if it's the right decision and make sure actually if it is the right decision they are also thinking about um, their different routes of marketing, you know, trying to think beyond like kind of what, you know, perhaps they typically thought their customer would be, but go out and research and learn as much as you can from that perspective and then give it a go. Yeah, exactly right. And I suppose one of the key things as well is that you've got to be ready to sort of experience the setbacks that come along the way as well. Um, obviously, we've touched on COVID very briefly from sort of the Corby Town bid perspective. Um, but from sort of a business point of view, I can imagine that that sort of came as a significant challenge for you as well. Um, what was it like sort of navigating that from the SC agency side of things? Because given that you do have a presence in digital marketing, I suppose there was a facet to kind of sort of easily adapt there. But I suppose for a lot of businesses who were maybe cutting back on marketing spend, I mean, it wasn't always necessarily that simple. Yeah, it was um, like many of others. It was a very strange and scary time Um you know, personally and for the business and knowing what was going to happen. And actually, I recall it was um, early February and we'd been working with uh, on a project for a hospital, local hospital, Kettering General Hospital. And it was um, a, a Dragons event. And we had the chair of the hospital and um, influential local business leaders um, that, that were kind of basically reviewing um, projects that have been put forward by the staff and ideas to improve um, patient care. And they could basically submit an idea and it got narrowed down. There was lots of entries and waffling on a bit here. But um, 
so, so this group of people basically reviewed these ideas and then um, they got the, the money to take these take these projects forward. So we were sat in a breakout room and one of the other businessmen um, said, oh, what do you think of this thing that's happening in China? Um, and at that point, it was such early days, it was kind of the conversations were like, well, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to hit, um, you know, and it was all very, very laid back. And obviously, within the matter of what three weeks, it, everything had changed. And I think I, I remember that conversation as being quite poignant. The fact that I wasn't overly concerned at that point. Um, so then, obviously, fast forward towards like the end of March, and that kind of um, the, the lockdown stage where everybody had, you know, gone home, um, taken their, their offices with them if they could. And I remember sitting at the at my desk thinking, everything's just stopped. Uh, and it was almost, there was two weeks, I would say, of blind panic from probably all of our clients, um, everybody stopping what they're doing. And obviously a part of that was people migrating and, you know, getting their, their work actually sorted. Um, but we did see, uh, as you touched on, spend for cuts um, because it was um, a bit of a panic panic stage. Um, and at that time, probably a lot of our marketing was, we had a lot of clients, I should say, that were traditional marketing routes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we sat down and then we're probably now three weeks into it and myself and Angela sat and said, well, we we can't just sit here and hope and you know pray that it, it's all gonna you know run smoothly. We've got to we've got to look at our business and adapt it on the assumption this is going to continue for a while. Um, obviously, we didn't expect it to come to continue as no one did um, the length of time it has. Um, so we looked at a couple of different things, um, and one of those was. Um, we we supply exhibition materials to our clients, you know, for trade shows and events. And of course, all of those have stopped. And the supplier that we were dealing that manufactured all of these pieces of equipment started to create um, different things for um, sanitizing stations and obviously um, branding and, and stickers and all of the things that workplaces needed um, for COVID side of things. So we started to do bits with the hospital and start starting support from that perspective. Luckily we had or have clients um, within that um, area. And we focused on kind of pushing COVID as a support mechanism. Um, but then we also started to push our clients and, and, and new clients in terms of thinking, thinking a little bit more outside the box and really embracing the digital marketing side of things. Um, so there were, there, as with many businesses, there was ups and downs over that period of time um, because there was no guarantee even <laughs> even if we, we focused on the digital side of things that the businesses would still all be there. And sadly, there was quite a few of our clients that um, didn't make it through. So obviously that had an impact on us as well. Um, so yeah, so strange times, but it was, we didn't stop um, during that period of time. Um, and I, I would say that even if we didn't have projects to work on or they were they were far less, we would spend every hour we could in terms of trying to market our own business. And that was a big part of making a difference for us. Yeah, and I can imagine you sort of come out of it as well, feeling sort of a lot more resilient as a business. And you've also probably learned quite a lot from that experience of, say, crisis management, if we call it that, because... 
I suppose it's taught there's a lot, not just about obviously how we can sort of pivot our own business, but also about how we can kind of manage ourselves in a crisis situation, manage our own morale, manage the morale of our staff. And that's incredibly important, isn't it, as well? It really is. And I think it also um, made us sit down, step back and think about what we want our business to do, what we want in our personal lives as well. It wasn't just all about on the business side. And it's actually made us realign our business and our, our future plan over the next 10 years um, and the strategy that we've taken. So it's changed. So, so for this year, um, if probably the COVID hadn't happened mm. in terms of our business model, we probably wouldn't be where we are at now because we probably wouldn't have sat back and looked at what we want it to do. So very much about growing the business this year, um, which is really exciting. Um, but obviously that balance between that family life as well, because I've got a, um, a, a, a young family um, mm-hmm. and my partner as well, it's, it's that support mechanism. He has a business, his own business, which is a shop. So of course the shop shut as well. And he ultimately, he went and helped and started to work at the local hospital. So he was on 12 hour shifts at the hospital. My son was not at nursery (laughs) as well as trying to juggle a business and keep it afloat. So it was really, really um, challenging. But I guess looking back now, there were times where it was rewarding because you could help people um, I set up in uh, in a, a town which I live next door to um, called Oundle, um mm. at the start of the pandemic, a um, support Zoom networking meeting that I ran every week um, because there was nothing else in the town regarding businesses. And we would meet and it was for people to share and help and advise. So we had an accountant so he could advise on the grants mm. and all of the things that people were panicking about. So again, I think there's lots of things that came out of it as positives as well. Obviously, there was lots of stress at different times. Yeah, exactly. And it's about kind of how we manage that and really harness that kind of entrepreneurial community spirit that's a testament to sort of UK industry. I mean, it's done incredibly well to be able to sort of come out of the pandemic as strongly as it has. And uh, you sort of mentioned the future and sort of plans to to grow the business. So from both an SC agency and also a Corby Town bid perspective, just before we wrap up on the programme today, Lorna, I'd be interested to understand what some of those kind of short term plans are and say, by this time in uh, 2023 next year, what is it that you're really hoping to have achieved? Yeah, I suppose if we start with um, Corby Town Bid, mm. there's, there's four projects that we're working on. So it was great that we got, obviously, the, the um, funding approved last year. Um, so we have a sixth form college and we're using an existing building that's in the town called Chisholm House, which is going to be um, repurposed and renovated to a carbon neutral building. Um, and the aim is it will attract 16 to 18 year olds. And obviously with that and having them in a town centre location is going to also help those businesses within, within town because they will use their services. Um, there's also a multi-use building, which is actually located or it's going to be located near to Chisholm House. Um, and the idea of that is a new accommodation for modern arts and a community centre. Um, because they're, they're, we identified there was a demand for that within the hotel. Um, the third pro- project is um, Corby Station Links. Um, the journey from Corby train station into the town centre um, 
aesthetically wasn't great and it wasn't a, a, an area that people would always want to walk along just be kind of how it's laid out next to the road and different things so we're providing an attractive and safe pedestrian and cycle connection between the town centre and the train station um, and along a part of that route is um, Tresham College so again it's it's going to tie the college into having a better better footpaths and um, cycleways and then the final part of the project is um, establishing Corby as a smart and green town. So we're, we're harnessing connected and clean technologies and we're going to be monitoring all of that data to enable us to understand um, pedestrians, cyclists, motorists, shoppers and visitors um, like today and also being able to predict the future in terms of how the town will adapt and change. So, so obviously... Um, We've got one project that has fully started, um, architects are working on it, and others that are going to take a little bit longer. So um, by 2023, the college project should be close to opening or should be opening September 2023. So so that's probably um, one really, really positive target to kind of look towards. Um, and for SE Agency, we would hope by next year we have grown the business um, so that we have another four four people join our team. Um, so again, as a small business, that's quite a quite a, 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 a I'm waffling here. That's quite a challenge because it's quite a lot of people. But we're, with those the the strategy we have in place, um, we think we can achieve that. So all exciting stuff. Yeah, certainly seems the case. And um, on both fronts, Lorne, I do wish you all the luck in the world in really executing that to maximum effect. It's big ambitions, of course, on both sides, both for the local area and also for the uh, the business as well. And uh, as we actually start to see some of those plans hopefully coming to fruition over the coming months and years, I mean, I'd actually love the opportunity to even maybe catch up with you on the programme and just see how it's all coming together because it's really good stuff, it really is. And like I say, do wish you all the luck in the world with it. Thank you very much, Scott. It's been a pleasure to be here today. It has been for myself as well. I'm sure the listeners do share that sentiment as well, Lorna. Thank you once again for your time and joining us on the uh, the programme. And by all means, do uh, take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world too. You too. Thanks, Scott. It was an immense pleasure welcoming Lorna Dodge from Corby Town Bid and SC Agency onto today's programme. And I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview just as much as I Um, For anybody tuning in as well today who may have their own business or run their own organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share, then by all means, we at the Leaders' Council want to hear from you. So why not apply to be on the programme yourself via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. You have been listening to the Leaders' Council podcast with Scott Challoner, your host, and to all of our listeners, please do take care and goodbye until next time.